It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. The question basically is, should we trade Kirk Cousins? We'll talk about that next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, beautiful people. It's a beautiful Tuesday. We had some gloomy weather last week. This week, we got a little sun. It's not it's not warm, but it's sunny. It's October. We know what's coming. It's Halloween season. And um, are there going to be some costume changes for the Minnesota Vikings? And as that, that costume change is potentially Kirk Cousins. You got Daniel Hunter. I heard people say Harrison Smith, which I think is it's crazy. But there's a lot of players that could potentially costume change to the next team in the month of October. And we'll talk about that next on the Ron Johnson Show. But I want everybody to know today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com backslash locked on or enter promo code locked on when you go to birddogs.com for a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't want you won't want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you. I know Sam sleeps in his. He wears them to grill. He wears them to take the kids to school. He, he sleeps in them. I mean, he just he, he naps in them. Sam's a bird dogs guy. So as I bring my producer to the show, Sam Ekstrom, uh, we got to talk about this Kirk Cousins Vikings trait. So when the Vikings were one and four, Sam, this mm-hmm. falling and everybody wanted them to trade everybody. Trade them all. Get rid of them all. Trade everybody. But since then, the Vikings are now two and four. Now, it was the Bears team. Uh, we, we didn't see Justin Fields where I don't know if Justin Fields is healthy at the end. Who knows? 20 to, uh, what was it, 19 to 13. The Bears might have had a chance to come down and drive and score with Justin Fields. Yeah. The Vikings would be one and five. But injury is part of football. But Sam, here's the tweet that I had. The trade potential to me mainly rests on Kirk Cousins' shoulders. Everybody else is kind of arbitrary with just like, let me unload some contracts so we can get some picks, maybe we can get, but mainly I want to unload some of this money so that we can prepare for the future. I tweeted this. I feel like people, quote unquote, so people, media people who keep tweeting this out, people that have a following that when they tweet this stuff out, everybody like engages them. Just like Kirk Cousins to the Jets because everyone else is saying it. And so I, I do believe that. I don't think there's no there's no like reasoning to go to the Jets. I think people just want to say it because everybody else is saying it. And so it makes sense to trickle down. Crap rolls downhill. And so it keeps rolling downhill. We keep pushing this crap downhill. And these guys keep sucking it up and just tweeting it out. Oh, yep. Yeah, let's Kirk Cousins to the Jets because I saw it on TV today. 
I said, at this point, how? Kirk Cousins' future in New York would be unknown due to them already having Aaron Rodgers. And when I say unknown, I mean like there's nothing there for them. Due to them already having Aaron Rodgers under contract. Now, if Aaron Rodgers had, had still was under one new deal with the Achilles, I could see them moving on from Aaron. Like, hey, if we get Kirk, we can move on from Aaron because Kirk probably has a little bit more left in the tank than, than Aaron does. Uh, not to say better, but more in the tank. And Kirk Cousins, for people that don't follow the stats, Sam, mm-hmm. you know where Kirk Cousins ranks right now as far as quarterback play, throws, yardage, and all that? Um, I mean, he, other than taking a, a step back last week, I'm I'm sure he's top five in yards. Um, he's second to second Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah. Touchdowns thrown. He's first. First. Wow. And touchdowns wow. thrown. So as much as people want to like, because it, it, it's tough when you, if Kirk Cousins was five and one right now, we'd be praising the crap out of him and the Vikings and Kevin O'Connell. Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback in the NFL right now from play. He's got 14 touchdowns. He's only got four interceptions. He's only been sacked 15 times. His QB, I mean, his passer rating is over 100. Like we'd be praising all these stats. His is his, a completion percentage. Here's the thing. Kirk Cousins completion percentage, 67.2. Brock Purdy, 67.5. Kirk has thrown, has attempted 235 passes to Brock Purdy's 163. If Brock Purdy were to attempt 235, I don't think he would be in the 67% range. That's just me personally. I don't think so. I think the 49ers know what they have in him, and they know where they were, where they're best. Here's where I go with that. Kirk Cousins is doing things that is a top two quarterback right now. So to trade him, blah, blah, what will we do? No future. I said, I think people are just thinking this, are not thinking this topic through. So a couple quick, I don't have time to go through every single comment I love to do. Somebody said, and what are the Jets going to give up? Exactly. They're not giving up a first round pick for Kirk Cousins. So why are we trying to do this? Um, does Kirk Cousins have a future with the Vikings? His cap, his contract is up. So no. So why wouldn't he want to go to a, a Super Bowl, potentially uh Jets team? They're not going to the Super Bowl. Like, stop that. Even with Kirk Cousins, they're not going to the Super Bowl. Like, I don't think people realize the Chiefs are still in the AFC. Like, the, the Chiefs are still there. are in the division. The Dolphins are in the division. The Bills. Like, they're not going. The Bill- like, what are y'all doing? They're not going to the Super Bowl. They're not Super Bowl candidates. Like, not right now. No. And, and Kirk's future said at the end of the season will be unknown. This is from a single-payer 1978 Brian D., at the end of the season, be over. regardless, if he gets a team with a shot of winning, he gets something in return. I don't really care if he goes as long as he goes. I don't know where he goes. Sorry, as long as he goes. See, like, why? Like, we, you want to get rid of the number one quarterback in the NFL. For what? Why? Like, there's no – that makes zero sense. If Kirk was having a bad season, I get it. But this makes zero sense to say we need to get rid of Kirk Cousins and move him on to the Jets so we can trade. You're not getting Caleb Williams. You're not. Like, you're not going to get him. Like the Jets pick is not going to go to the Caleb Williams era, and the and the Arizona Cardinals are not going to give up Caleb Williams. Like people can say, oh, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to play for bad teams. He only wants to play for these. It doesn't matter. He can want to play for whoever, whoever drafts him is where he's going. And teams are petty enough now to say, look, if we draft you and you don't want to come here, fine, you sit and we'll play whoever we have until you're ready because we're just that petty. Like if you think the Arizona Cardinals aren't petty, they have burner phones with their GM and their coach when they were suspended. Like, what do you do? You don't think they're petty? They're petty. And so Caleb Williams can say whatever he wants. He's not Eli Manning. He's not going to have somebody pushing like his dad did to get him to New York and blah, blah. Like, it's not going to happen. So 
that's just my thought on it, Sam. I don't think there's a reason to trade Kirk Cousins. I don't think there's value in trading Kirk Cousins. You're two and four. If you lose nine games, I get it. But if you beat the 49ers and shock the world to go three and four, and then you win again and you get to 500, you're there. Like now you just got to keep winning and maybe finish. If you finish 10 and seven, which we all kind of said, you're in the playoffs. And then it's house money at that point. Once you get to the playoffs, it's house money. Maybe that luck comes back. Justin Jefferson's back. Hey, but I don't I don't understand the whole Kirk Cousins trade thing. I don't know. What are your thoughts? It, well, it's a two-way street, right? So you made the point that there's no long-term future for Kirk in New York as long as Rodgers is coming back next year. And this is Kirk Cousins' decision. He Correct. said he's not going to waive the no-trade clause. The only way that he would waive it is if a team communicated we will extend you three years for $120 million. Like that's the only way that Kirk would uproot his family mid season and have to go learn a whole new playbook in a whole new city. Kirk's the ultimate family man. He doesn't want to do that. They would have to make it worth his while for him to waive that and for him to allow that to happen. And that's the right. biggest roadblock to, to making this happen. So I think we need to, to quiet the conversation if the Vikings are two and six at the deadline, yeah, you can talk about Daniil. You can talk about KJ Osborne, but the no trade clause is the big holdup here. And I, I, you're right, Ron. It's it's not going to happen because no one's going to make that giant commitment to Kirk mid season like that. Right. I mean, some people are saying the Cowboys make the most sense. Now, I, are they going to trade Dak for Kirk? I, I, I might be okay with that one. Like, I would, I would take Dak Prescott. I would take Dak, Dak Prescott, but. He has money too. Now he's younger. He runs. So he has a different piece of the puzzle that maybe the Vikings could use. But he's not going to the Cowboys. They're not making the, it's not going to be a, a, like, this is not going to be a trade for trade type thing. This is not going to be one of those, we'll give you our running back, you give us yours, or you'll, we'll give you our quarterback, you give us your, like, I don't, I don't see a lot of these, like, these, these, these tweets are hilarious to me though. Um, but it said, plus the Jets get nothing to give but perhaps Rodgers. Like, do we want an Aaron Rodgers off of an Achilles? <sighs> who knows? He's already walking after five weeks of surgery. So, who knows? But it's just it's funny to me, like, you know, like the person that said, like, oh, Ron, just tweet stuff out and then doesn't respond. Like, I don't know how to respond to some of this, and that's why I told him, hey, I'll do it on the show on Tuesday. It's like, what future does he have in Minnesota? It's not about the future of Minnesota. It's about his life is here. We'll hear Trey Greenway talk about that. Once you've been somewhere long enough, sometimes moving for a year or two doesn't seem worth it when you weigh the options of like where you kind of want to have roots at some point. We know Kirk Cousins has a house in Orlando on Disney, um, so he's probably going to end up there long term. But I think that's more of a vacation home and, and time away. But maybe he wants to live there long term. Who knows? But I do know Minnesota is a great place to live. Adam Thielen even said it like. He's not going to be a Carolina forever. He's going to come back to Minnesota. He's from here. His wife's from uh, Iowa, but, you know, they have family here. It, it it seems like a lot A lot of people want to – Chad Greenway, you know, want to be here from South Dakota. It's one of those things where a lot of people come here and they don't leave. I'm one of them. I'm from Detroit, <laughs> and I end up staying in Minnesota because I, I like it so much. So um, one thing I'll say before we get out of here and get to Chad Greenway quick, Sam, is – there's no real answer to this. Who knows? Kirk Cousins might, we might get breaking news in East trade. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, what I do know is that they have a chance to beat the 49ers. And Chad Greenway is going to drop a little knowledge on the 49ers and what this, if he were in the locker room, what would he say if, you know, and what do the Vikings need? 
So we'll come back with Chad Greenway. Before we do that, we have a word from our sponsors. Yeah, Ron said it earlier in the show. I love my bird dogs because they are so versatile. Yesterday was one of the best remaining golf days on the calendar. So after work, I got out and played a little golf. Where my bird dogs, of course, they cover up your legs. They've got that liner that keeps you warm when it's a little chilly outside. They hug your legs and keep you super, super comfortable. And yet they're light. They're light and they regulate your temperature so well and they make you look good. You feel athletic. You feel confident when you're wearing your bird dogs and they're good for all occasions. You can dress them up. You can dress them down. You can get the shorts, get the pants. They're all season. They're fantastic. They've got that anti-stink sweat wicking fabric uh, and those liners are so comfortable. So check them out today. Birddogs.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on. Get a free water bottle with any purchase. Then you can wear your bird dogs to the gym and stay hydrated with the water in your bird dogs water bottle. Birddogs.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Free water bottle. Unbelievable selection of bird dogs at birddogs.com. Well, this is time for the uh, Hang Around Johnson segment, and I got a fun one today. I got uh, Chad Greenway is joining me. I realized it was Iowa Hawkeye week, and I'm like, you know what? There's Liddell Betts. Uh, there's Fred Russell. It's like, But there's also Chad Greenway. There's Anthony Heron. Like, we had Anthony Heron as a possible. And I'm like, you know what? Let me see what Chad has going on. I know he's busy with his daughter, uh, Maddie. She is an absolute beast. So as I bring Chad Greenway into the show, uh, former Viking. So for those in Minnesota, in NFL, you know Chad Greenway. Uh, more importantly, we know his daughter. We got a lot of her athletic ability from the mom. Uh, <laughs> his wife uh, ran track at Iowa. So we know that's where the track ability, the speed, uh, the endurance came from. Uh, I think Chad just brings a little bit of the uh, aggressiveness on the court. Uh, but Chad, <laughs> thanks for joining me on the on the Ron Johnson, man. So question for you uh, real quick before we get into this. So what year is Maddie? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, she is a sophomore uh, now, and uh, I have three other daughters as well. So actually, number two, uh, Beckett will be playing varsity hoops with Madden this year too. So it'll be double double uh, Greenway, which would be pretty cool. So seventh and sophomore, both playing varsity. I've seen, of course, I, your wife posted a video, so I've seen it. That's extremely cool. I saw her. Uh, it hurt my heart. I saw her <laughs> in the uh, Iowa uh, basketball uniform. I get it. You went there. Caitlin Clark is there. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome program. 55,000 fans yeah. in the football stadium. Uh, I think that's the most points Iowa uh, football has seen this season <laughs> uh, when Caitlin Clark <laughs> stepped into the building. Uh, <laughs> offensively. Defensively, they're good. Offensively. Um, but, you know, when your daughter going through this, because she's a sophomore, so she's got two more strong – or, shoot, three more strong years of a high school yep. sports. What does that process look like? Because I know there's a lot of schools that want to get to her. Uh, yep. Are you planning on, or is she planning on trying to like get it down sooner or is she going to stick to like, Hey, all 55 schools. If you guys want to meet me, come meet me. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's challenging. You know, it started uh, when she was going to her eighth grade year with the Gophers up being the first one to offer her. And um, they got to the table first and, and obviously coaching change over there, but you know, they do a good job. The staff has wanted every place they've gone. Um, but you know, it's, you know, the interest after, as she's, uh, you know, she won a couple of state championships back to back. She's had great AU seasons. She's in soccer season right now. Um, just, uh, she, we, we kind of have her do all around athletes. She's, she runs track as well in the spring, but it's a challenge as a parent. It's, it's, it's a challenge to kind of, um, blend everything. Obviously it's a, 
So we wanted to be high and high academic achiever, a high athletic achiever. And also, so you have homework, uh, you have a social life, you have athletics, you have training. Um, and then you have all these calls. So she's on, she's on calls. You know, I don't know. I mean, one, one, at least one a day, sometimes two a day trying to balance it all. We have a great support staff around her with, as far as her high school coach and people that are in her corner. Um, it's a really cool kind of place to be, to be honest with you. She's, uh, she's earned it. She's a, she's a great kid. She works hard. So, um, you know, we'll let her, this is going to be her decision. You know, I mm-hmm. obviously Jenny and, and myself went to Iowa, um, but we want this to be her decision. You know, this is, it has to be, otherwise, you know, it can't be mom and dad's mom and dad's choice. So, um, yeah, we're enjoying it just as parents and just watching her go through it and, and celebrating her. What I think is the the most fun level of athletics, which is high school, really letting her enjoy that. Uh, moving on to football, you were at Iowa. You were an Iowa Hawkeye. You played the Minnesota Gophers. You had a lot of success playing against the Minnesota Gophers as a college football player. Uh, when you look back at your time versus Minnesota, uh, what's some of the big-time memories you have other than taking the pig off the field? Man, just Gophers had some really good teams during those years. Um, you know, for me, obviously, I, I was a I was a nobody recruit out of South Dakota. I had one – I was the only offer, so – you know, the Gophers didn't come calling. So I kind of had a chip on my shoulder when I played anybody in the Midwest who just didn't give me an opportunity. Um, when we played the Gophers, it was all, they had unbelievable offensive line during those years, unbelievable running backs with Maroney and Barber. Um, they had, they had some good quarterback play. Um, you know, I was a freshman when we tried to, you know, as Iowa fans do, try to take the goalpost out of the Metrodome. That was, <laughs> that was a funny story. They'll never, that'll never die. I was my freshman year. And, you know, we had some really, really successful years in Iowa city, those four years. And, you know, of course, in my experience, was was inc- it was awesome. I mean, Iowa City was a great place for me to go. Uh, but those were some battles, man. I mean, I can remember my junior year, uh, I think Maroney and Barber ran for like 305 or something crazy on us. And we had like a top five defense in the country, but they just, that run game was next level. And we got out of there with a, I think you guys missed, I think Reese Floyd missed a field goal. I think we were up two. He missed like a 55 yarder or something like that uh, at the buzzer. And, um, yeah, it was just a lot, always good games, always competitive games. Their run game was elite, and uh, we, we it was a challenge every every year. And we knew that it was going to be a rivalry game, so we knew we were going to get the best uh, from the Gophers every time. Yeah, and when you think about that, playing against Lawrence Maroney and Marion Barber, two of the best college football running backs as a tandem and individually, uh, what what did that mindset week for you as a linebacker, knowing that's your job to get these guys down to the ground? Uh, what did your week look like going up into those games? Yeah, a lot of tackle preparation. You know, we really focused on t- tackle fundamentals at Iowa. Um, it's something they still kind of rings true for them down there. It's all about fundamentals and tackling and getting head across and and game tackling and getting to the football and putting hats on it. Um, and you have to do that with those guys because they're impossible to bring down one on one. I mean, Maroney and Barber are two of the greatest ever and in the same backfield and um, different sort of different styles with one more physical and one more speed to the outside. And, yeah, I can remember having thought I had an angle on Maroney and he just ran right through that angle and just, and, you know, I bounced my head off the turf at the Metrodome and he ran for like a 70 yard touchdown. And, you know, it just, it's humbling because those are, those are dudes, man. They're, they're NFL players. They're good NFL players. And um, we had that offensive line, which was a little undersized, but man, they were athletic and could outside and really extend the play and that zone scheme just fit them. So it was a, it was a battle. It was a preparation knowing that you were going to be in for a full four quarters against the Gophers and, and, Again, I'm talking like we we were dang good defensively, and we had our we had fits. And I'll say the one thing I, I realized too, because I know you were a hooper, and, and in my mind, I'm like, there's not a lot of linebackers that hoop. And then I realized, you know what, Chad did say he played quarterback 
and free safety in high school yep. and then went yep. on to Iowa and, and was turned into a linebacker. When Iowa came calling and uh, didn't want you as a quarterback, or did they, and they didn't want you as a free safety and kind of say, hey, here's your role, uh, what yep. was that process like? Yeah, so I came out of high school. I played nine-man football from a really small town in South Dakota. So I was kind of tagged as an athlete. You know, I didn't really know what I was going to be. Um, went on, went on to, to Iowa City. Played my first ever, first time ever going on eleven-man field was when I first snapped at Iowa, and um, I was there. As, I, my first rep was as a quarterback. I was about two hundred five pounds. Um, had never really lifted weights. I grew up on a farm, so it was all about throwing hay bales and building fence and doing stuff outside. So I was really strong, but I wasn't necessarily weight room strong. I didn't really put much time in. So when I started, when I redshirted, um, I started putting weight on and my, I had a big frame and before I know it, I was about 220 and they're like, Hey, we're going to move you from QB to safety and then safety to linebacker. And it was just a good fit because then it became an advantage for me. Cause I, as I got bigger, I actually got faster and my athleticism kind of stayed. I just kind of had the right genetic makeup. You know, I can't like to like to give myself, um, you know, the the, uh, the pat on the back, but really just genetics and luck and um, great strength staff. And before you know it, I was 225, 230 and starting as a, as a sophomore and was first team all Big Ten. So um, just was a good fit for me, you know, good staff to put me in the right position to, to be successful. So a lot of good people in my life. Yeah, and when you talk about that, and I want to go back because you brought something up that I, I just got to ask. So your freshman year, you guys win at the Metrodome. Mm-hmm. And you were part of the goalposts or were your fans nah. like, what was that? What, what was that story? Yeah, that was uh so it was, it was a crazy story. So we won the big 10 with that win and uh, we're handing out roses and all this other stuff. We thought we were going to go to the Rose bowl. We ended up going to the orange bowl. Um, and you know, th- we finished third in the voting that year uh, because we had lost to Iowa state earlier in the year. And that was before the big 10, big 10 had a big 10 championship game because it was Ohio state, Miami, and then us. And uh, we didn't get a chance to beat Ohio State to go to the national championship game. So we went to the Orange Bowl because they picked before the Rose Bowl. Um, but, yeah, we won the game and fans were on the field and they were going crazy. And they got on the goalposts and they were ripping them down. And then they hauled the goalposts literally up the bleachers, the lower bowl of the Metrodome, and tried to go out the out as, as Iowans. You know, we love we love a lot of things in Iowa. You know, you can't ever claim to be maybe the smartest state. But you try to take those goalposts out the, out the rotating doors in Metrodome. <clears throat> but it was – it was wild. And then actually, the, the crazy part I remember is they actually had these, these like really high pitched like sirens. And they were like, they were like crowd dispersers. And like, because the Iowa fans were on the field, like they, they turned those on and like we bailed and went to the locker room because it was so loud. And uh, the, the Gophers were not very, not very happy with us. Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't U.S. Bank Stadium because now we know those open <laughs> doors. You can actually get yeah. a goalpost out of those big open yeah. doors. Um, but yeah, I've heard numerous stories about that, about teams. And maybe that was just Iowa. Maybe that's what I saw on ESPN of like them trying to get the, the goalposts yeah. out. Cause I think that was like one of the first times I know the old Met stadium for the Gophers and the Vikings, that goalpost has been taken, but never out yeah. of the Metrodome, uh, but <laughs> leave it up to Iowa to, uh, yeah. to try that. Now, one thing I did not know, and I, and I just, I don't know why I didn't realize this 1999, 1999, the Gophers traveled to Iowa City. Uh, I don't remember who was on Iowa's team at that time, but I know uh, it was like Tellus Redman, myself, Thomas Hamner, Tyrone Carter was one of the big names. Uh, Karan Riley was another big defense end we had, and Greg Styles, G. White, Greg White. And so we won. It hadn't happened since. I did not realize it had been 24 years in Iowa City of dominance 
Um, and when you think about that as a as a program from an Iowa football, and that's in Iowa. We know when they came here, they won it a couple times with Jerry Kill. But in Iowa, to really just own it every time they show up in Iowa, P.J. Flex trying to do something that hasn't happened in 24 years. What What is it about going to Iowa? One, I know it's the pink locker rooms. But what is it about going to Iowa that that you know has has been tough for for not just Gophers teams though, but period? Because you guys are twenty fourth in the nation, which maybe the number twenty four might be lucky for the Gophers. You're twenty fourth in the nation, yeah. twenty four years since we won there, so maybe yeah. this is our time. But what what is it about that stadium? Yeah, you know, I think I think it's more about how we play in that stadium. You know, it's one thing about the opponents coming in; it is a hard place to play. I mean, it's not the biggest stadium with maybe seventy two thousand or something like that, but. Mm. Um, the crowd is right on top of you. There's absolutely no sideline, if you remember that, Ron. I mean, it's, yep. it's tight. The crowd's on top of you. They're heckling you. It's loud. They're passionate. And I think we, pl- I think we play better there. So I think it's, you know, you, you typically do, you create that home field advantage and you play well. Um, and that's certainly the case with, with our football team. And uh, at one point, we had like a really long, I can't remember what it was. It was a really long home winning streak during my tenure there where we just, we just felt at home in our locker room and stay in our hotel and kind of have your routine and, and you just get used to that, especially as a college kid. When, when there's, you know, the less things that are changed, uh, you feel confident and go out there just making plays and having fun, especially in your own in front of your own home crowd. So, um, you know, obviously, you know, I, I was had their, you know, we've had our fair share of success, but we've had a lot of issues just, you know, running the football, scoring points, throwing the ball these last few weeks has been brutal. So, you know, as much as I want to sit here and say, yeah, the Hawks are going to, you know, roll their helmets out and get a win, I mean, um it's been ugly uh these last two years offensively for the hawks and and uh, we'll see how it goes on on saturday obviously it'll be a good football game regardless yeah because when you look at offensively the gophers and i were about the same so ethan Kellick manis has not been great um some of the stars you know darius uh taylor the second uh yep. one of the best running backs in the big 10 right now is a freshman in the country as a freshman and he was hurt uh hopefully he'll be back i think it was a concussion and then when you look at uh the 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 defensive side of it Iowa's a top four defense in the Big Ten, and that's what they've hung their hats on. Their defense was scoring sometimes at a higher clip than the offense. Yeah. What is it about uh, other – well, I'm not going to say other than that. What is it about Brian Ferentz that allows him to keep his job this, this yeah. long when the offense has been anemic? Yeah, I mean, you. I mean, listen, I played with Brian. I was, I was a college teammate of his for four years. Um, you know, Brian's a smart guy. Um, he knows offense, obviously. I mean, let's, mm-hmm. let's, you know, let's talk about the obvious things. And clearly, that is – you know, the head coach's son. And when you get in that position as, as a, as a father, and as a head coach, you make that decision to hire him. It's um, you know, I'm not saying it's the right decision to get rid of him. It's not my place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's one of those situations where it's hard for me to root against my teammate and my, my friend. So I'm yeah. like, you know, I want him to have a ton of success, uh, but it's been a struggle. I mean, the reality is it's been a struggle. The numbers, the numbers speak for themselves. Um, you know, it's well documented now. There's a contract in place for him to score more points, and and he gets bonuses, and so that's all been talked about. I think the reality is, is um, I don't think you, as a coach, purposefully go and try to do poorly. You're obviously mm-hmm. putting your best foot forward. To your point, though, and your question is, how does he keep his job? Well, um, you know, I, I that one I can't answer. That's a tough one because it's obviously been a struggle for a number of years. Um, but your your point is right. I mean, we we have to win with defensive special teams. Punting is winning in Iowa City. Um, we do it. We do it well, and we do it often. Um, you know, pin teams back, change the field position, making up big plays, and and there you have it. Same thing we did in, in Madison last weekend. So, um, you know, it's just it's hard to live and win football games that way consistently against good opponents, and that's going to be another situation this weekend where the Gophers come to town, and that's a team that that if they hit on, on all cylinders, they can absolutely beat you. So you got to come come ready to play.
Yeah, no, and you're right. And when I look up, you know, when you look at Brian Ferentz and where he's been, where he's played, you know, the position that he knows best. Um, and I've heard this come up before, and it never hit me until like recently when I thought about that as well as a, as a former offensive lineman. His thought process is more so on what works, which is the offensive line has been playing well. Uh, the quarterback seems to stay pretty clean, but some of the design seems to be off at times or because they thought it was the quarterback and then, you know, the quarterback gets hurt. They get a quarterback to transfer and he gets hurt. Yep. Is it that maybe he needs to partner with, because we've seen this in college football a ton now, a pass game coordinator? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe you're right. I mean, I, I don't. I can't picture us doing that, just knowing mm -hmm. how we, we operate down there and how Kirk operates. Yeah. Um, he likes things, he likes to keep things pretty tight. He likes to keep, keep things pretty controlled. Um, you know, obviously we lost McNamara, the starting quarterback. Uh, we've lost um we lost uh, all the the all world tight end who was having a great season. He he's yeah. gonna be out, looks like, for maybe the rest of the year. Uh we lost our starting tight end, Luke Lachey, who's gonna be another another great Iowa tight end that's gonna go to the NFL next. Um, probably another first rounder. Um, we lost him. So, you know, I'm not in any, I'm not in any way giving him an excuse, but mm -hmm. we've lost some weapons. And I will say yeah. this, the assistant comes, you know, the assistant, the second, uh, the second string quarterback comes in and offensively we had six drops, catchable balls that were drops. And you know, this is a receiver, yeah. you know, when that ball is in that place that you have to make a play going across the middle, making the catch over your shoulder, whatever that is, a catchable ball. You're, you're it's big 10 you got to make these catches it's just what you it's what you do it's why you're there and it's what separates you and when an offense is struggling and you're trying to gain momentum and you have drops and penalties it just it's those two things you just absolutely can't have to gain any momentum but you know we'll see we'll see what happens against a good gopher defense this weekend can we move the ball at all we have been absolutely abysmal throwing the football the last two weeks then we might not we might we might not even go 100 yards passing the last two weeks combined uh, which is wild. So, uh, but here we are. We'll see. Yeah, and and Iowa has been tight in you. When you look at Dallas Clark, Scott Chandler, uh, Brandon Myers, and you go to George Kittle, Noah Fant, T.J. Hawkinson, uh, and then of recent Sam Laporta. When yep. you talk about that, your time, guys, you went up against when you when you talk about a little bit of Dallas Clark, a little bit yep. of Scott Chandler, uh, a little bit of Brandon Myers. Did that help you even, you know, in your play, knowing I'm covering some of the best tight ends in the country every week in practice? Yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, you know, the type of kids that Iowa recruits, um, because the, the, a lot of the names you named, you know, uh, Chandler came in as a, as a receiver, a massive receiver. Dallas Clark mm -hmm. was like a walk-on linebacker. Um, you know, Brandon Myers was a, was a small-time recruit out of Iowa. Um, you know, it's just they, they find these bodies, these 6'4", 6'5", athletes, they can run, they can catch, and uh, they teach them how to block and, and inline block and block down the field and all sorts of fun stuff uh, in the run game, and and they um, and they are successful. So for me as a linebacker, you know, coming out and playing the Tampa two system, you know, right away with Mike Tomlin and then eventually Leslie Frazier, um, I was built for that stuff. I was in I was in space with them all the time in man to man situations. It helped me be a guy who could be two thirty five, two forty, be a three down backer for you know basically ten years of my career. Um, and, uh, and, and that's because I was cutting my teeth against those guys in college, playing man coverage all the time, um, maintaining leverage, understanding route concepts, understanding route depth, uh, when to drop my hips and make a break, all those types of things that, you know, and then also how to react to a, a check down and make a tackle and take an angle. Um, all the things you learn and, and go against, you know, week in and week out against some of the best in the country, which we always have in Iowa city.
Yeah, and you played in the Metrodome in college, and then you get drafted to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, when you walked in that building, I mean, again, you guys had some good games against Minnesota. Did you already feel comfortable being in Minnesota? Yeah, I mean, listen, South Dakota to Iowa to Minnesota, I was really fortunate. I had no idea how lucky I was until, you know, we have our first daughter, Madden, who's now six, uh, 16. Like, you realize, Crazy. man, my, my parents can come up and watch every game. My, my high school coach, all my buddies are driving up here and seeing us. It's not a flight. It's not a long weekend. It's, a, it's an up and back to watch a game. Um, it's, it's, it's them being involved in my kids' lives and us being able to go back home. My wife's from Chicago area, so we're kind of sandwiched here in the middle a little bit. So really fortunate on several levels. Now you talk about the football side. I got drafted, and, I, and a lot of times I talk about, about talk about this when you talk about the NFL, is all these, not all these players, the majority of these players come out of college are talented dudes that need to find the right fit. Mm -hmm. And if you don't find the right fit, you can be talented as heck, but just not get the right situation, not have the right coach put you in the right position, or just not get your number called. And for me, I got, I got brought to a great defense who so understood what I could do. They cut me loose and let me play. Um, and I, so I got really lucky being drafted here from the football side all, and on the personal side. It's just really a great fit for me. Yeah. And you, and you said Mike Tomlin, did, were, was there any surprise? One, everybody was hoping that the Vikings could come up with a way to make him like an assistant head coach right away, keep him long-term, yep. but clearly that wasn't in his cards now with the Steelers. Could you tell right away, Mike Tomlin was going to be a guy? Oh, absolute dude. I mean, absolute dude. He was the, he's the most, the best motivated best motivator, um, holds guys to the highest standard of accountability um, and does it in a way where it's not demeaning or defensive. Um, he's just he's just real. And he's been there, done that, seen that, coached Hall of Famers across the board um, and just sees things through the lens of an athlete and can communicate that to the players in a way where it's like he's challenging you but not offending you. And uh, it's an art form, man, and I, I just – I had such a short amount of time with him and I wish I had so many more years with him because I love that dude. He was just awesome. And he taught me a lot in a year. I got to watch a lot of Derek Brooks tape from just back in the day when he was running the Tampa two system down in Tampa under Mike T. So uh, very fortunate. And, you know, I can remember my first meeting with him one-on-one. -on -one, I was just like, this dude is like too cool, man. He is the, he's, <laughs> he is awesome. And um, you really wish I could have played a lot longer for him than I did, but he is absolutely in the right place at leading the organization. That's where he belongs. Um, and I hope he keeps that job until he doesn't want it anymore. That's, that's the type of dude that uh, that we all need to have in front of these NFL organizations. Yeah, and two quick ones before we get out of here. You, you talked about that, um, you know, a guy in Mike Tomlin and you spending more time with him. You were one of the best linebackers in the NFL in your time. You could have probably went to any other team during like contract negotiations or towards the end of your career it's like hey do i want to stay in minnesota and i know your wife kind of told me a story about that like you really want to stay because you wanted to make sure you know like this is where you wanted to be here's the house you wanted to buy this is where you wanted to live but was there ever like what was it about minnesota that like no other team really could like get you away to want to leave minnesota maybe for a year or two well, you know, I, you signed a five-year deal coming out as your first-round pick, so I was stuck. No, not stuck. That's the wrong way. That's the wrong <laughs> word. But I was, I was, I was set up for five years, and and financially making good money. Again, farm kid, right? I mean, I grew up with nothing, and um, and we, uh, we got to year five. I played that contract all the way through. I got franchised, so I was really kind of handcuffed in the sense of trying to get out of here and go play someplace else. I mean, obviously, I wasn't a rush outside linebacker. You know, in a, in a three-four, I was an inside or I was an outside backer to four-three, a more traditional off-the-ball backer. So, you know, 
not as high priced as some of these other backers, but also sought after because there's a lot of teams playing the four three at that time, a guy who could cover and do different things. So I felt like I could have gone to the market and, and made an impact, but I got franchised. I ended up getting a great deal here um, and, and played the next six years here and played all 11. And I think once I got to like year eight, nine, I was like, you know, at 30 plus <laughs> years old, I didn't want to go anyplace else. Like, like, like I always thought it's like, you know, is any place else going to value me more than Minnesota? The team that drafted me, saw me go through an injury and come back, saw me play eight, eight years, eight and a half years in a row without missing a game because of an injury, like blood, sweat, tears, emotions, had all four of my kids here. Like, like what community would embrace me better than that? And I just felt like um, I was pretty self-aware about where my game was at 31, 32 years old. And Zimmer came in and, and it was like a new challenge for me to learn a new defense, play some new positions, um, and it was motivating and I was, I was, in, I was invigorated to come back and say, Hey, I'm going to start fresh in year nine. And I ended up going year nine, 10, 11 under Zimmer. Um, and the best part, in my opinion, the, the part that I hang my head on now that I've been retired for six years plus whatever it's been is I got to, I get to go out on my terms and you know how hard that is in the league. Yeah. I mean, very few guys get to say, you know what guys, I'm done. It's a wrap. And, uh, I felt like the timing of that was good. The community has taken care of me. Our foundation has been active since 2010. We've been giving back for years and, and, and an integral part of the community. We get to raise our family here. Um, you know, our great experience brand is here. Like, like people support those who want to be here for life. And uh, for me, I doubled down on that. And, and it's been a, it's been a huge advantage for, for my career, my life. And, and still to this day, as I'm raising my kids here, I enjoy being here. Yeah, and you know, and I get to be hang around with PJ Fleck every week. You know, we do the PJ Fleck show, we do the Gophers Game Day Live show on Fox. And so uh talking to PJ Fleck just about um caring, giving, you know, giving back to the community. You got the 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 I mean, of course, the Roll the Boat Foundation, you got the Roll the Boat yep. gear that, that gives to the Minnesota Children's Hospital. Uh I, I talked to PJ, which we're gonna talk about it tomorrow on the show. Uh we get to talk about, or sorry, today on the show, actually, it's Tuesday. Um, we're, we're going to talk about the wave that the Gophers, you know, actually join in and wave with the Iowa fans and players because those yep. kids in the hospital, it's not about the game. It's about these kids who wish they could be on this field. These kids that wish they could be walking around and sitting in the stands. Um, and who knows how long they have in that hospital. Um, but just a little bit of spark from another team to say, hey, you matter. We care about you. It was cool to see Caitlin Clark do it. And then, you know, yeah. I, I saw your Lead the Way Foundation stuff. I've been a part of it before. Um, and, and before we get out of here, like what what is it about the Lead the Way Foundation? Uh, by the way, people, it's Lead the Way Foundation. You can Google Chad Greenway or Lead the Way Foundation if you want to contribute to it. I know I am. But when, when you when you do that, because you just said that, like the community and you want to give back and blah, blah. Like, what is it about you and your wife that really made you? Because you guys were just like honored in Iowa, I think, too, as well yep. for being a part of the community. Like, what is it about or when did you kind of have that mindset of like, you know, what, I need to give back? Yeah, we were fortunate to win the Distinguished Alumni Award. And, and you know, both of us, my wife is a walk on. I was a one, you know, had one one offer and go down there and we were kind of a bunch of nobodies. And now to be, you know, one of six honorees as uh, the entire alumni base to be honored. Uh, was pretty amazing and a lot of that was due to our our charitable work our foundation or giving um you know my my the foundation for me the basis of it was started with my parents you know we didn't have a lot but we had what resources we did we gave my parents gave and they taught us how to give to the community um and it, it was an integral part of me growing up and then when i was city and coach parents it was all about giving back to the children's hospital and to the hospital there obviously i was not a part of the wave because it didn't exist that, then when i was there but <laughs> since they built that children's hospital um, they've done a great job with that wave of just it's it's yes it's those kids that are in that on that floor right now 
but really it's, we're talking to everybody, right? You're mm -hmm. talking to everybody who, would, who is in a situation across this country, across this world, who, who is do, going through things that nobody should have to go through. And we're thinking about you, we're with you. And it's that small token, that small piece on a Saturday night with City where you get to wave. And, and the Gophers and Fleck do such a great job of honoring that. All these road teams come in and they're, they're fired up at the end of the first quarter to turn, no matter the score, no matter the situation, to turn and give that wave um, to Stead Family Hospital. It's pretty amazing. Um, you know, we, we've, uh, I credit the Vikings a lot to what we've done here locally, just for Jenny and I, because they got us in the community right away. Um, there was no hesitation. Brad Madsen, who I'm sure you know and met of the years, he started us. Uh, he's no longer in that role of the community connector, but um, he got us started and we just created a foundation and found these relationships and built on them. And, and uh, we're still having, you know, lots of events now and raising as much money as we've ever raised to give back to these children. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a great way to teach now my kids about the art of giving back, what that feels like, and and uh, you know emotionally what it does for you. Um, all all the while supporting others, so it's been a blessing for us to be able to have that. Yeah, and before we get out of here, one last quick one, man. The Vikings are two and four. Um, mm -hmm. I've told people it's never over till it's over. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's over until they have more losses than they can probably get wins. And so that's yeah. nine losses, in my opinion, is what it's going to take to be out of it. So it's never over. If you were in that locker room or, or if you're talking to those guys as an alumni player, uh, what, what is something, especially cause the defense is used. Like I'm, I grew up or not grew up. I played with guys like Ray Lewis, you know, I was with the bears with Lance Briggs. So I was used to that Erlacher, like the line, the, I was always on the team where the defense kind of led us. Now you look at it where this is more of a Kevin O'Connell offensive-led team, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, so on and so forth. But if you're Jordan Hicks, if you're Harrison Smith, what are you telling the team right now heading into playing one of the best offenses in the NFL against the 49ers on Monday night? Yeah, I think you, the two names that I would have picked out are Jordan Hicks and Harrison Smith defensively. I mean, Jordan's been playing lights out. Obviously, two great turnovers the other day. Touchdown. I mean, that was awesome to see. I love him. He's a great guy, great kid, and, and he's, he's, had a, he's had a really nice career, and he's building on that this year. Um, is we just need leadership. We need we need leaders to step up in this moment. You said it like we're not out of this thing. This is a good football team, mm -hmm. um, a good football team that had a, their hearts ripped out against the Chiefs, and I thought it was a horrible sub, a horrible situation of about three mm -hmm. calls that were missed in the same play at um, the end of a game. Listen, this Niners team is the, is the top, one of the top teams, if not the top team in the league, and we get them at our place um, in, a, in a highlight game, and for us to have a chance to go win this game is we can't, we can't have mistakes. We have to limit our mistakes. We have to take care of the football, which has been the biggest issue all year. And we've got to go physically go try to beat them up. And I think this Niners team is physical. They're fast. They can run the ball. They're multiple. Uh, but we have to play physical football. And listen, I think everybody would agree with me on this one, is we have a good football team. Mm -hmm. And we have we have not lived up to maybe the, the level of our team this year, just based on some, you know, close losses and the turnovers that killed us in Philly and all these situations have come up. But if we can get it rolling, can you get to two wins in a row and beat one of the best teams in the, in the league? Then you have some momentum at three and four. And the timing of this game sucks because you're two and four, you go to Chicago, get a win. You want to play anybody else but the Niners right now, but that's what's on the <laughs> schedule. So you come and you yep. take them and you play them. And if you beat them, you're three and four. And you look at the next five games, and you're like, all right, like we feel pretty good about this right now. So it's not over till it's over. Get your bus back to 500 and let's see what happens. Yeah, well, you heard it there from Chad Greenway, one of the best linebackers to do it. So much we could talk to Chad Greenway about, but we're going to let him go. We're going to jump over to the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each with Sam and I. And we'll be back after a word from our sponsors.
Well, Sam, you know what, Chad Greenway, man, like I, I, I wish he could, I wish he could play. Like if you think about what Chad Greenway said, the, 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 the leadership in that defensive locker room that he said is needed. Um, I think that is true. Like he said, get back to 50, 50 ball. And then you have a chance, get to 500. You have a chance, but I want everybody to know this, this episode is also brought to you by uh serious XM. Serious XM is a proud partner of locked on sports. Uh, the wild are in Montreal tonight to take on the Canadians at 6 PM. Catch every, or sorry, Catch every second of the action on the hometown broadcast on the SXM app. Just download the SXM app and then search wild. Well, Sam, it's time for the daily three, three questions. We can take about 30 seconds each. Take it away. If the 49ers run are missing Debo, C-Mac, and Trent Williams on Monday, all of them got hurt against Cleveland. Do you think the Vikings, and I don't think FanDuel will, will have this, but in your mind, should the Vikings will be favored to win i believe it's six and a half or seven right now the 49ers are favored but do you think the vikings should be favored if those three guys are out no 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 don't don't let that fool you this team is still good they still have weapons they still have brandon Ayuk. uh they still have george kittle so until all those guys are out and even maybe even brock purdy has to be out then i would say be favors but no not not the way they run the ball um they, I, I this is one of those offenses that you can plug in different guys in different spots and you're not going to get the same production, but they're 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 physical. Their offensive line is still healthy. Their defense is still healthy. They are absolute monsters. It might be a lower scoring game than expected, which I'm fine with. Um, but no, I don't think the Vikings should be favored. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, how about this? We we couldn't stop talking about Colorado and Coach Prime there when they were three and zero, but they're one and three in their last four games, including mm-hmm. blowing a twenty nine nothing lead against Stanford. Has the luster worn off, Coach Prime? Yeah, I think it has. But this is the thing, like the luster was just to get the people in. You get the people in and then you you have to then like produce. And so the 29 point like loss that to me, that was a little bit of arrogance. That was a little bit of underestimating their 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 their, their the team they're playing, their opponent. And then that's also not understanding like you can't relax at any point in any football game. I mean, look at the Indianapolis Colts and the Minnesota Vikings. Like that's one of those. Like so we've seen ridiculous comebacks before we've been on the positive side of it we've been on the negative side of it uh but for Colorado yeah I think it is wearing off a little bit but it should like Dion just wants to be a coach I think the media and everybody just like Taylor Swift everybody is just trying to blow it all up so no I I think it it, it's worn off but it's good five five and one teams in the league Ron Miami Kansas City Philadelphia Detroit Mm -hmm. and San Francisco who's the best team in the NFL I'm going to say right now it's Miami Dolphins. I think Miami Dolphins, that offense is just ridiculous. Tyreek Hill is on pace to hit 1,000 yards in six or seven games. Seven games he can get 1,000 yards. That means he could have 2,000 yards by game 14. Like, that is crazy. We thought, like, and I think Justin Jefferson was on pace too, but I know we said Tyreek Hill was. Tyreek Hill might hit 2,000 yards by week 14 that's that's what's crazy about this is like this was something because people could always say like oh well he didn't break the record in in the in the 16 games they said he might do it in 14 to really just say look i don't care how many games i got i got it in 14 games it's my record um so no i would say the minute i'd say the miami dolphins and then after that i think the detroit lions I, I hate to say it, like that offense and the way they're playing and Dan Campbell has those guys playing super aggressive and super patient um at the same time like, that's rare for Detroit. Detroit's known to screw something up, and they haven't done it yet. So I'm going to go with Miami and then Detroit on that. I don't know. What are your thoughts before we get out of here? 
Yeah, I mean, like Kansas City's only loss is by one point to Detroit, so it's hard to overlook Kansas City when they've yep. got Mahomes and they're they're on cruise control mode. They haven't even kicked True. it into high gear yet, and they're still winning games. So I don't know. They're the champions. I'm I'm hesitant to dethrone them until they really have been knocked off. True, you. I, I mean, Miami, Kansas City. I think that's what we're going to see. Maybe, maybe in the AFC Championship game. Uh, that would be a fun, like okay. high explosive game. I personally don't know without Tyreek Hill on can, and I know Tyreek Hill wants that. Like he definitely wants that. Like for Miami to be able to go to a Super Bowl and beat his team, he wants that. He's he would go for two hundred yards in that game for sure. He would tell Mike McDaniel all week, "Hey, you got to get me the ball." But I'm Ron Johnson at Sam Ekstrom. This has been Locked On Sports Minnesota's The Ron Johnson Show. We had Chad Greenway on. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please check out the other previous interviews. We've had some great guests on. Just go to Locked On Sports Minnesota. Make sure you subscribe. And also remember, four days a week, the Minnesota football party. Arif Hassan, Luke Inman, Luke Braun, and Sam Ekstrom. I join as well on Thursdays. And make sure you guys tune in for that. Well, have a great one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.